0: Well, I am so excited about the message that I'm getting to share with you this morning. Um, we, We are really quite intentional about our preaching over the year. We think about how can we take people on a journey? How can we invest in the Word preached so that people are growing more like Christ, that they are retaining all of the things that God has in store for them? So we map out themes for the year, and in those themes topics and and I just love it because uh, we roster people on for every uh, location and then you get told when you're on and I just love looking, what's my topic? And here today we're looking in a series of A Meaningful Life, we've been doing that for a while, A Meaningful Life, anybody up for A Meaningful Life? You know, anybody here wanting to wake up in the morning and wonder why they're on the planet? No, I don't see too many hands. We, we want to know why we're here. God has wired us for purpose. And this incredible area of a meaningful life that we're looking at today is the whole area of generosity. That what we're calling our topic is a generous people. Generosity. So we're in this meaningful life series. And I've got to say generosity is one of the most powerful doorways into a life of purpose. Indeed, generosity is like this link that connects you to a life that is bigger than yourself. Has anyone found that? When you, when you give, that you are suddenly connected to a story which is beyond yours. Uh, who here has been on the receiving end of generosity and can still remember that moment, like, like a, a moment of generosity? One of the ones that stands out to me, this was some time ago, um, it was before kids, so our uh, our eldest, Jacinta, is 26, so this is probably like 30 years ago, and uh, one Saturday morning I was surfing with some mates at a place called Bungan Beach, and I wasn't very good, if any of you subscribe to uh, the Instagram account called Kook Slams. I was a, a prime contender. I do lots of kooky surfing. Uh, but I was out there having a lot of fun. And this particular day, though, I got myself in the wrong place at the wrong time, and my board was snapped in two. And I just I just remember, I know, I wailed like that all day. <clears throat> I, I was pretty sad because we didn't have a whole lot of income and it was a good, it was a secondhand board, but it was a good shape, I liked it, and, and I'm paddling in on half a board, the other bits attached to my leg ropes are sort of coming in behind me, and there's little jagged bits of fiberglass, and they're, they're cutting me, so I, I end up sitting up on the sand for a while, waiting for my mates to come in, just, just a bit glum, bit sad, and, and the boys come up, and, they, and in typical sort of lad fashion, they just go, oh, Pat... Bit of a bummer, that sucks. All right, let's go. And so so off we go. And I was licking my wounds that day and a bit sad about what had happened. The next day at church, so that was Saturday morning, Sunday morning, um, we're, we're still at our Brookvale uh, venue. This is before Oxford Falls. And um, I'm in, in there in worship and going, God, I'm going to overcome the trial and tribulation of a snap surfboard. I'm going to worship you and lift my hands today. And and a few of the boys walked up and said, "Oh, Pat, um, come outside. Got something to show you." And I went, "Well, but I, I'm I'm worshiping, guys. I'm a spiritual guy, you know." I'd, and then I'd come outside, and I and, and I walked out, and in the car park was a towel over something that looked suspiciously like a surfboard. And when they pulled the towel off, it wasn't some nice second-hand one. It was brand new. And these are all guys that were my age, young families, not flush with funds. It was just an act of awesome generosity. And the smile on their face, because they saw what it did to me. And I thank them. I mean, how do you thank people when they show great generosity to you? I thank them and words were not enough. But the thing that impacted me over the days and weeks after that, and whenever I think about it today, is that I saw Jesus in their generosity. I felt the love of God In their generosity. And so, today as we look at generosity, this is what we're going to look at. If you're you're a note-taker, and I hope you are, because then you can remember these things and, and you can pass them on to someone, we're going to look at what biblical generosity is. We're going to get an understanding of how stewardship, right, we'll explain that term, how stewardship will shape our generosity when we get what that stewardship thing is all about. And then we're going to look at some practical ways to live a generous and meaningful life. Anyone think that sounds like a cool way to spend the next few minutes? I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. So let's pray and we will get into it. Father, we commit this time into your hands and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would take this word and make it alive in each one of us, that we will not remain the same because we met with you today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what is generosity? Is is it being more generous if you give more stuff? What's generosity from a biblical point of view? Well, if you look at the big picture of this theme, it's giving what God has given you to a point of personal sacrifice. Giving what God has given you to a point of personal sacrifice. So someone might give something that's pretty big in terms of magnitude, but if like, they've got 10 spare ones, I mean, it's nice that they thought of us, but it doesn't have that key ingredient of generosity, which is where you gulp hard, you look at the price tag, and you still give. That's generosity. Now, when I think of that definition, that generosity costs you something, I think I was on the receiving end of the most generosity I've ever received about five years ago at C three Kitgum Matiti. So I was in northern Uganda. And in northern Uganda, some of our, our most outstanding East Africa pastors. We've got about 90 C three churches in East Africa. That's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? And in Kitgum Matidi, uh, Vincent and Pasca are our pastors. Now the miracle of Kitgum Matidi is it was like a refugee camp. It it's um, but if people don't cross a border, it's called an internally displaced persons camp, right? So it was, a, it was an IDP camp and we had church there and then as after the war things settled, church grew and you'd think if anyone had an excuse to think small and not be big spirited and, and the thing about generosity is it releases a big thinking and a big spiritedness. And you'd think if anywhere there was an excuse to have a low ceiling, it was Kitgum Matiti. And yet Vincent and Pasca, just champions, they allowed their thinking and their view on life to be shaped by what the Bible said that they could dream about and what the Bible said that they could experience. And so I remember that day I was coming into church and there was all these huts built on church land. I said, Vincent, what's that all about? And he goes, oh, we built them for the widows in our community. I said, how did you get the money for that? And he goes, oh, God's blessed our farming. It's pretty cool. And then I saw a brand new generator outside the building. Vincent, how'd you get that? Oh, God's blessed our farming. And went inside, new sound desk, new uh, sound gear, same story. God's blessed our farming. And then in the middle of the service, I saw what was going on. Because many pastors in, in situations of poverty will say, our people are too poor to give. <clears throat> I've got to make a friend with someone in America or Australia, and they'll provide for us and in doing so rip everyone off of the joy of being a conduit of God's blessing. Now, in the middle of the service was the offering. Now, Africa, we don't just do offerings, do we? Patrick and Vivian, we don't just we don't just, you know, walk down. Everyone is walking down, dancing. It's all happening and the people are walking down and bringing their offering and and there's some serious ululating going on. So so and, and I was sitting, I could see it all, because in many African churches, hey, is, is this not my brother from a, from, from a Nigerian mother? C- c- come on, come on, just stand next to me. Look at this. <coughs> Patrick and Patrick Ministries International. Same hairstyle. Yeah. The silver coats, yeah. black shoes, jeans. We just didn't get this one in the Holy Spirit, but we'll get better next time, won't next we? Time. And great job today too, Patrick. What a champion Patrick is. In in, in many African churches, you have the man of God seat, right? And you sit up there and you can see everything, you know, the man of God, just up there checking it all out. So I saw everybody as they're doing the offering and everybody's just joyful. This is an opportunity. What a chance to be generous and and people are giving and it's messing with my mind because I know the circumstance in which they live. And then I get up after the offering, and I preach, I can't remember what on, because what happened next is the thing that brought me undone, is that Vincent said, and now we're going to take up a love offering for Pastor Pat, and to honor him, and show him how much we love him, and then they did it again, everyone's dancing, and bringing, and just coming down, and, and I'm just there going, God, what are you doing to me? And after the service, I was given a grey plastic bag full of notes and coins. And I took it home. You know, sometimes people say, Oh, look, I don't need it. I just said, No, you keep it. I honored their offering by saying, Thank you. And I received it. And I took it home. And as I was swatting mosquitoes in my room at Kitgum, I counted it. And it came to 77,000 Ugandan shillings about 30 bucks. That was the most generous gift I've ever received because attached to that was a whole lot of sacrifice. So the wonderful thing about generosity is it can be something more than just a thing I do. You can become generous. And when you become generous, there's a bigness about you. There's, a, there's a, a generosity in your words. Your praise and your encouragement is not measured. It flows. There's a, there's a bigness in the way you see things and the bigness in the way you release. And, I, and, and that's what I saw in Vincent and Pascha that day. They might have just said, oh, Pat comes from a wealthy country. We're not going to give him a brass razo." But they were generous and it glorified God. Uh, There's this verse in Isaiah that puts it this way. Isaiah 32, verse 8. It says, But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. We can become generous. Not just every now and then do a generous thing. We can become generous. And then the way we look at life is we're planning generous things. And then even though it costs us, we stand firm in our generosity, and people will see Christ when we do that. So that gives us a bit of an idea biblically about what generosity is. What's the foundation that will really enable us to go in that in that direction? Well, I can't think of anything greater as a foundation for our generosity than to try and understand just a little bit because that's all we can ever understand of God's generosity towards us. In fact, the Bible really is a book of God's generosity towards us. It's, one of, it's the big theme. I think generosity and love are really closely linked because they both involve sacrifice. If, if Bible love is when you act for the good of someone else, then generosity, when you give and it has a price tag, they're very closely linked. So let's have a look at just a couple of verses that, that take us on a journey of some comprehension of the generosity of God towards us. 1 John 3.1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. He could have just called a servant. All right, I'm just gonna let you in and you'll be a servant. He could have said, well, I'll save you, but you'll be a slave. But no, He calls us sons and daughters. How extraordinary. John 3.16, This is probably the best known scripture in all of the Bible and it's about God's generosity motivated by his love. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave, he gave, he gave his one and only son that whomever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We could not have asked him for a more generous gift. He gave us the greatest gift that has ever been given in the history of history, in His Son Jesus. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, and this is where I find myself, because words cannot describe His generosity. It's just like, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. That's where I end up. He took our guilt and He gave us a clean heart. He took our shame and He gave us dignity. He didn't just accept us as servants or slaves, but as sons and daughters. He took our death and He gave us life. He took our mortality, He gave us eternity. He poured out love without measure. His love, His generosity towards us is unmeasurable and unfathomable. So the question for us is, how can we possibly respond to generosity like that? Accept to live lives where we understand what we're on the receiving end of and to be determined that we might give sacrificially as well. Understanding His generosity towards us is one foundation. A second one is that we understand the concept of stewardship. This is, this is huge. It is one of the big deals in the Bible. It's a really big, what you might call a meta-theme overarching theme. What is stewardship? It's when you manage something that belongs to someone else for their purpose. Say that again. Stewardship is when you manage something that belongs to someone else for that other person's purpose. So is there anything that we're managing that belongs to someone else? Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. From God's point of view, there's no little parentheses except for. It's like everything in creation is His. He made it, and so it's all the stuff, and it's all the people, and we belong to Him. We're His. But what He's done is he's, we're not just His he has put something of extraordinary value in our hands right at the beginning and in genesis it describes this genesis 127 sorry 126 then god said let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that right notice the so that this is linking God wanted to make something in His extraordinary creation to be like Him. Right? That's kind of a bit of a a pause and go, wow. He He made people to be like Him, the capacity to love and be loved, to conceive of beauty, to conceive of things that are not yet and create them. He, He made us to be like Him so that They may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. He made us to be like Him so that we could carry authority on His behalf in His creation. And the first example we see of that is in the very next chapter when God puts Adam in the garden. He says in Genesis 2.15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to Work it and take care of it. So, this world, ladies and gentlemen, it's His, but He's put it in our hands. He has not just put things in our hands, but He created and owns us. So, we're in, our ha- in His hands. And, you know, C.S. Lewis, that great author, he put it like this He said, Every faculty you have, Your power of thinking, moving your limbs from moment to moment, it is given you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own already. 1 Corinthians 6 puts it like this, we are not our own, we were bought with a price. Therefore, when we understand this, He has given us an extraordinary measure of authority and responsibility. He has given us a life. He has given us resources. He has given us the ability to function and to live. And then He made us to be like Him so that we could live this life with the resources that we we get in our hands to His glory. How then might we do that? How can we possibly steward that would bring glory to Him? I would think we would do it with generosity in His purposes. If we take a hold of what it means to be a steward, then we would take a hold of that by by living generously and being generous to His purposes. So foundation of His generosity towards us, and stewardship. What does that mean for us? How can we be generous towards God? And how can we be generous towards people? Well, let's have a look at those. If we're being generous towards God, we will give of our time generously in His service. Amen? I mean, today we heard about that it is next step week four, all about making a difference. Well, that's about, God, you've given me this life, what can I do to serve in our local location to bring blessing, to use the gifts you've given me, the talents you've given me, and to be a blessing there? But of course, it's more than that, it's also when we're at work, we know this time you've given me, this job you've given me, it comes from you. How might I steward that and be generous in this setting with the time, with the talents, with the abilities you've given me. So it's, you you see, it's a different way of thinking. It's not like, oh yes, those guys at the church, they want my time. I might volunteer a little bit. It's, that's, that's just alien thinking. It's, it's God, look at what you've poured into my life. You have given in a way I cannot comprehend. And the, 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 Responsibility and authority you have given me by placing the things you own in my hands. How might I be generous to your glory with this? And we would seek those ways in which we would give of our time so that God might be glorified. We'd give of our time, and and sometimes it can be really simple, easy things. You might be thinking, "How do I do that?" You know, do I do I have to um, move in a supernatural gift? Well, no. Sometimes it's just a matter of, God, if you stop me, I'm going to notice and I'm going to get involved with what you're doing. I can get super focused at home on Saturday with my to-do list. Anyone else? Anyone? Anyone? Right. Sorry. And what I can do is miss my next door neighbors that God has arranged to live next door to me for a purpose. So I've got this long driveway. And so a while ago, and this is now a decision that's predetermined inside me if I'm walking down the long driveway and I bump into the neighbours, I'm going to stop and I'm going to have a chat. I'm just going to make sure. And and when I'm having that chat, I'm going to be generous with my words. If I can find anything to encourage them, just go, man, it sounds like you're really good at that. You'd be a great boss. And I just am generous with my words. There's one time I saw the neighbour out there, he got a truckload of, of mulch in the front driveway. And so he's out out there moving the mulch into his garden, so I just went upstairs, got the work gear on, rocked on down there, had my gloves on I go okay where are we where are we moving this mulch to no 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 no, but you see they're the they're the acts of generosity, and they don't seem like much, but people see Jesus. people see Jesus, generous with our time, generous with our gifting and and wiring, generous I think with with the resources that God puts in our hands, this is where we see this so very, very differently. Because if I'm a steward of what God's put in my hands, then I can be generous towards God. Amanda and I have, uh, in fact, we started tithing, and tithing means that you set aside 10% of your income before you do anything else for God. It's like this thing that you just put in place, and, and it's got so many things that come along for the ride, like money doesn't master you, it becomes your servant. Like God blesses the 90% so that the desires of your heart come to pass anyway. And so for, for more than 30 years, Amanda and I have just done this and it's been like a foundation of our stewardship and generosity. We just go, God, thank you. That's the start. And then, on top of that, we've been a part of what we call Vision Builders. Now, Vision Builders has been something where, as a church, we get engaged as a community and we help people in our city, in our locality, and around the world. So, Amanda and I, we've helped people all over the planet. Does that mean we've been there? No, no, but we've just sacrificially participated in this. And so, when we go into eternity, a part of the great privilege we get to have is that we're a part of helping people all around the world because we just thought God's given us this, let's be generous and sow it. And so these are the sort of things, practically, where we respond to God's generosity to us and understanding what stewardship is. Uh, Generosity towards others. I've mentioned a few of those. Uh, Some of them are not big deals. Um, Who has met Richard Forsyth? Richard is the manager of our Sydney pastoral team, Richard and Kate, fantastic people. Richard does that part-time. He works at Big W part-time. One of the things Richard loves doing is going, God, who do you want me to buy a cup of coffee for today? And he'll just walk into one of the offices. You'll find out from a colleague what they like. And you go, oh, I just bought you a cup of coffee. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal. It blows people away. Because... It's just being, I guess, even though it's not a big thing, it's generous beyond what they're normally experiencing. And when we're generous, people see Jesus. So if I could ask for our worship team to come up as I conclude. Let me encourage us all today to respond to this by acknowledging we're on the receiving end of such generosity that it's an indescribable gift beyond our imagining. And that God has given us something which I, you know, if I was God, I'm just not so generous and trusting as Him. I don't know if I would have put everything in the hands of us people, but that's what He did. That's how He did it. That He might be glorified and His purpose on the earth might happen because He's made us stewards of resources and time and talents and gifts. So how might we live when we fully understand that? that? That gets a bit exciting, doesn't it, when you think like that? Because the other thing is, when He puts things in our hands, if we give it generously, have we just used up everything? Well, I don't think so. When we're on the receiving end of an eternal, unlimited God, He's just found out that we are a conduit of His blessing, a channel of His love, and He will be able to just keep that generosity flowing through us. Be generous in your words, not measured. And we'll see people around us impacted, Maybe we'll be a part of one of those generous moments that in years to come, they remember and they go, you know what, when you did that, I saw Jesus.